and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. Today's episode, we'll be discussing The Wicked Lady. We saw this national touring production at Theatre Royal Nottingham on the 24th of September 2022. Following sold-out performances in Birmingham last year, The Wicked Lady now embarks on its first national tour. So Richard, what's it all about? The chilling disappearance of a young child leads Alice Beaumont being thrown into this isolated place. Shrouded in secrecy and troubled by rumours of a ghostly past, crying winds of this terrifying ghost story become even more haunting when Alice finds herself trapped in the undeniable feeling that she is almost certainly never alone. But first, our post-show opinion! There was more screaming and ice cream. Good God, why? Just no, no, no. So with all that said, let's set, set the scene. Richard, let's get into this, shall we? We're talking about The Wicked Lady. Now, would you like to describe to our listening viewers the set? Do I have to? Ugh, I oh know. Tell me about it. Well, uh, take, take, take the dust sheets off. As much as you want no, to. No, they I left the dust ex- sheets on. Well, that, and that's the set. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Oh, she's started. There we oh. go. No, set the scene. Set the scene. As best you can. We haven't even got to the action yet. Just just set, just, just you know. All I can say is this is set. Well, the set can only be described as not even amateur. Oh, we're going there already. I've seen a lot of productions and this. I've seen amateur performers and amateur production companies do a far better job than this i think it was a great big dust sheets on the back that sort of um well, what you, was, what you saw ball, was but... basically one one door with a gate latch on it and two twigs and of two a tree. twigs of a tree that were on the edges of the flats mm. and a big draped piece of hessian that as we've said the dust sheets you had a desk and have done some boxes with files in on the front so i think they were trying to make it look like a modern day apartment but because of the set imposing behind it did nothing to yeah. set that at all had it been a blank scene it uh, could have been a black set. black Black yeah. front just to hide the house that was going to be exposed later. It mm. felt like we were being, we were just had the cheap version. Yeah. And it felt cheap from the start. Which is odd because uh, the reason why we went to see this is because it, we initially thought it had good reviews. Yeah. Five stars, four stars. We'll be calling them out later. Yeah. And it was just advertised everywhere. And because it was at the Theatre Royal Nottingham, I thought, okay, this is going to be spooky. You've got Let's, to have some level of credibility to yep. do a production in Theatre Royal in Nottingham. It's... And take one look at the set and it's like, wow, cheap thrills. <laughs> well, even <laughs> oh. the wood wood effect was just that. It was worse than changing rooms and Lawrence Llewellyn Bone getting out, getting out <laughs> his rags and making some wood effect walls. It just... It was. It just felt wrong. Yeah, they should have hired uh, Linda Barker in there to just whiz it up. Or a bit just as well. use real wood. But the thing is, I don't suppose the um, the wood for the actual door entrance bothered me so much. It it was just what are they no. hiding? What where? I just felt so, so setting the scene. It was just a bit naff. I felt for the ticket price. That door shouldn't have been seen until later on because that door was very much used throughout the the old house scenes. Not 
in the yeah. present day. And I think it was it definitely wasn't a revealing set where everything happened throughout the production. Yeah. You already knew where this was going. Well the trouble is it's an iconic door in terms of the style of it. Yeah. But it doubled up for other locations as well, yeah, which too didn't many. work. No. Well, no. we started off on a negative already. We, it can only well. go up. No, it's going to I go mean, one well. other thing to mention, the actual set was built up probably three foot off the actual stage level. Yeah. Which we thought, okay, so there might be some entrances underneath or they needed yeah. a trap door and... But it's that a horror. Be, it's supposed to be like a, a yeah, horror need, play. So because it's a touring happen. production, not all trapdoors on all stages are in the same places. So yep. they need to build a, a raised stage to create to give them that. That's if it was used. However, because of uh, uh, one side of the wall near the door, it was done in stones. Like yes. sto- it had that stone but cladding or whatever. Wallpaper. Now, the, yeah. Well, they could have pretty much had that over the front so it looked they like a, have, yeah. a, a um, the, 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 stone wall stone wall yeah for, for could, later on when they were outside yeah. they could the have set. mirrored that and it did just i think the they made hill. some decisions shall we say and they were the wrong ones i think we made some wrong ones coming to see this show oh anyway let's oh, not go no, into that. that's later so on a positive note what do you think about the direction questionable i said positive note well it's questionable okay I'll it was, with that one, i mean then. there was movement on stage so they they took probably direction and this is where i'm probably going with this it's very difficult to distinguish acting direction uh, and direction uh, because of a director especially in this production oh it was oh i don't want to say amateur in that sense because i've seen quite a lot of yeah great amateur pr- pr- yeah, productions exactly. because people really care they like it they invest their time i suppose like ourselves in some instances but this i expected a hell of a lot more i think it felt more textbook than it was like no, you... no no i tell you it's not um textbook this is drama student yeah this is like year yeah. one yeah of exactly how not to do a play like foundation year level and yeah it was something we'd put on in a tiny little theater and everybody would clap because it was on for half an hour and, they and did this a good was job. nativity play could do bloody better staging it could have and i mean you've had more entertainment oh god so yes, directing. Not a big fan. No. It started off with the male character. Oh, what was his name? So it's, uh, Detective Sean Fenton uh, coming up and instantly trying to get the audience's attention by setting the scene in terms of... Uh, well, he setting entered up through the, the audience. Yeah, which... but he was setting up the, the storyline and the narrative. And for these kind of plays where it's a thriller and it's supposed to be suspenseful, a little bit spooky, but it's basically a two-hander, two people on yeah. stage, you need to capture the audience's... Um, audi- well, the audience's imagination and their attention straight from the go. And he just... He didn't. No. However, throughout it, the, the whole directing thing was just uh, lacklustre. It was just terrible. Like, I, again, this could be down to the the actors, but there's an awful lot of standing around with my hands in my pocket acting, and then when I'm using the phone, I'll lift it up really high to answer the phone, so it's yeah. really obvious. It and l- then just moving around so as if... What, not it was all too cliché. It was all too obvious acting it was there was a lot of it was like overacting in the wrong places and underacting in a lot more yeah exactly and i think that you know um, there's no depth this just comes down to the script well it does but i think directing wise there was a lot of things where they'd probably seen other things that were good or they'd thought about entrances and this that and the other and they took reference from other things but just not not created the suspense but do you think it was references from 
films. Yeah, and they try to I replicate, em- emulate that on the stage. Yeah. And unless you know stagecraft, it it's not going to work because you can have all the, um, the 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 tools in the toolbox to make it spooky with like sound effects, the lighting, yeah. the trap doors that the uh, doesn't matter what you throw at it. Yeah, yeah. You still need to have a proper script and yeah. proper direction, proper actors who know the characters. And actually, there's got to be something in those characters to begin with. But there's got to be enough curveballs in it to actually make people. I want almost... to make a curveball right yeah. out the theatre. And well, I know, but I did. <laughs> Oh, and what about the bit when it, did the detective inspector get possessed? I'm not quite sure. Well, we're getting that's that's later down the performance. I mean, one thing yeah, well, I will direct. say, oh, okay, yeah. is uh, I suppose one thing we need to talk about now is it was announced that when we sat in the audi- audience, we were told that we weren't allowed if we left the room, oh, that's right. we weren't allowed to come back until after the interval, and also. Please don't discuss all the special effects and things that happen in the production. Yeah, don't give spoilers away. And all I can say is I won't because there wasn't a lot to talk about. Well, you can understand why they didn't want anybody to speak. Yeah. Because they didn't want anybody like saying how bad it was. I know. And they certainly, you know, they didn't want anybody to come back in again. Do they really think some people would? I mean, to be fair, I don't know what they did, of course, because it made it sound like if they came back, they were going to disturb the performance. It was that good. It needed disturbing. We needed that. It was... There was nothing. There was nothing happened in the whole production that an audience member returning to the audience would have put you. There was no element of that. For the first hour of that show, only the last ten minutes had any action. The rest was just waffle. Was it really an hour? Because I sort of glazed over. I, I sort of lost the plot at one point. Well, I, I tried to look at your watch, and it was um, about an hour later. And I thought, oh yeah. god, how oh. long left now? Yeah. I, I was itching to go by the first. I act. I think, as you said, right. Well, I wouldn't let you go by the first act. So I thought we've got <laughs> no, to sit and watch you... this out. Torture. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this is one of those shows. I only ever leave at the halfway point if it's shockingly bad yeah i wanted to leave yes and never return i wanted to watch the car crash and that's what i'll say and that's why i made Stephen stay because i thought this, it, the this first was, half was bad enough let's see the, the second this wasn't this didn't go fast enough to be a car crash no it was this was it just was, a complete it was like hitting giving a curb. Up over. this was as if someone just given up and just fell off the edge of the cliff <laughs> the, like the legs had just given way oh what's the point whoosh I felt it was the slowest car crash in the world. Yeah. From start to finish, it was a cringe fest. Because the thing is, it started with waffling on about even things that make you laugh or sort of we're going to play on all your, your senses. Your senses and, and it's gonna you're gonna come out of it if you didn't find one bit shocking, something else you'll find shocking and it it built you up to what expects so much. But every kind of sound effects or anything that was deemed to be spooky or just to shake you, any you know, through sound yeah. effects or the slamming of doors or anything like that. Everyone just laughed, and if you've made the audience laugh, you've lost them instantly for this kind of show. Which is why I don't think a lot of the thrillers actually work. No, no. And if, if you've got to keep people, and attention. I think that comes down to the writing because at the end of oh, the day, the core of this has got to be a ghost story that people are drawn into. And I don't think this story has got enough strength to become something that captivates. You're not, you don't feel like you're in the room or... But every every scene that they acted out was as if they'd just come off a set of a, fil- a film yeah, set, basically. It, so yeah. you can have those slow brooding moments yeah. of looking over your laptop and just like uh, sipping your cup of coffee and just taking it all in. We're sat like idiots watching you do that. Yeah. And, I and mean, nothing is progressing. Nothing is moving the narrative or the the 
direction of what the production's about forward. Exactly. I mean, one thing I'd talk on the direction as well that I think is important to mention at this point is the the set because the set was raised there was a corridor in front of the set for the two cast members to walk up and down as though they were outside out the side of the house yeah but that line started to be blurred by the blocking or the directing of the production where they gave up they, were, they gave up in the second half and they were climbing up on the on the the actual block blocks up onto the stage that was the house well you've just gone out the the front door and all the way into the woods and back round but then you're climbing back over into the house just to speed it up and and I felt like it was they should have done that it, from the start and, and it just but it felt wrong and it's like well if you don't care about the directing why should we enjoy it as a piece of theatre that's meant to be really good and spine chilling blah 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 it's like what I feel like They'd given up in the second half when when things like that happen. It was like you're just taking the easy route, and theatre should never have an easy route. If you're the way I direct productions is, it's always the longer way to get there because it looks more natural than just stepping across something because it's easy. And I think we sat through the longest way to get there, and it never went there. No, we didn't go there. It just and and there was a scene where um, she packed up her bags. But then there was playing a uh, platform station yeah. to grab the train. Right, underground. She went to But I tell you this, she went out the door, then she came back round, she sat on that chair. The same chair that was in the house. Right. But she was on this journey, so she was on a train. Not once, every time it broke to let people off, did she move or stop or sway as if, like, you know when, like, yeah, trains exactly. or trams yeah, yeah, break? Yeah. You, you yeah. jolt. And you you're move. lucky if you get a chair, because for me, she could have just stood up with her arm up in the air, yeah. holding on to, a, a, you know, the, the image that she's in the underground, and it's packed. But it's that scene that also, uh, even though it showed her moving from one place to the other, it was unnecessary. It didn't add anything. It no. just showed her going from one place to another. She just could have just left one door and entered another. Well, exactly. We didn't and need to know that. Yeah, it didn't. It wasted a lot of time. I bet that scene was 15 minutes long, if not longer. I felt like it. I felt I died. Not yet, no. No, you hadn't. You've managed to enjoy the whole production. Uh, no. I mean... it. it they say it's shocking, but it certainly was. I mean, the only thing shocking about it, I saw the soul leave from my body, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I hope that me personally, I feel like I was hoodwinked by the advertising, the advertising mm. and the pushing of the production everywhere, that it's going to be good, this, that, and the other. All on so Facebook. one thing, word of warning, I'd say to anybody listening to the podcast, that if you see a production keep being pushed on social media so much and everywhere, being advertised, there's obviously something going off where it's actually, you know, it's not as good as it seems because, I'll be honest, a production, if it's good, it doesn't need to be advertised in that way. The word of mouth is big enough and strong enough for people to start seeing it. And we're so, spreading the word of mouth. Yeah, and but I feel I feel like the people that were in the audience, it, it did feel flat when people left, and that for me, because the good British audience are always a little bit stiff upper lip, they won't actually say what they truly feel. They'll watch it, they'll move on, and and I yeah, feel that it was one of those end. it was one of those wet performances where you sit there and go, well, it was worth watching, but I won't go again. And even the couple next to us that were sat there, they said they'd never go and see it again, and it was no. like that says enough. To me. And and the the row of girls uh, 
near enough down where we were, they just were in hysterics. Yeah, they couldn't and, actually... No, no, no. And the thing is, is there was another uh, show uh, we went to see where I sat next to a couple of girls, and then they started laughing, and then I started laughing. But thankfully, in this one, I contained myself. Yeah. But the woman in front of us, she uh, got quite rightly, she turned around and told them not to laugh. But it, I think it got to the third time, she really sort of like lost a rag. Yeah. Saying that she's trying to like listen and concentrate. I want to know, as much as she's got every right to say that, what does she need to concentrate? on I don't know I yes really it was slightly disrespectful know. for the actors and stuff but at the same time I don't blame these girls for laughing the most the, the it funniest moment for me was the, the the most sort of captivating moment was the apple rolling off the bureau all the way across stage nearly hitting a front row member yeah and that um, was in a, that was in a tense scene yeah when it wasn't he, meant to be a, it no, wasn't meant yeah. to be funny yeah we got a lot of laughs the See, apple the apple yeah. that did, did a better performance than the rest imagine if one of the audience members like chuck the apple back into the set you I, know I just that would have been that would have been it that would have been it i mean it is interesting to say that i think i know where steve is going to go now but all i can say is try and search for a review yeah now slipping into this kind of thing we have advertisements that we were just talking about even though we're sort of deviating from what we normally talk about in the segment we have a five-star review saying easily one of my favorite terrifying trips to the theater and this is theatertastic Whoever you are, you need to actually go and see theatre shows. What what theatre are you seeing if this is easily one of your favourite terrifying trips to the theatre? I had a terrifying trip to the theatre just watching this and not for the reasons it should have been. Well written and superbly executed. Gripping. Bums on seat. I don't understand how they got the audacity to write this. Oh, here's another one. A Real Spooky Treat by Elsie Evans. BBC Radio. I'm guessing that's West Midlands. A real spooky treat. Did they watch it? It does make you wonder. And I do feel that one thing I always look for is if the main reviewers actually see it and I can't actually find any. And I've done a lot of searching over the last couple of days. And that says a lot that it's either they have reviewed it and have asked for the reviews to be removed or they're not sharing those or not wanting those to be out there because... They're in a shadow way, banning, banning the bad ones, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think it's not just that. I think the 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 you know to some extent, fair enough. You've you've probably got a lot of monetary commitment to do this production, so they they're trying. They've got to flog the dead horse because oh sorry, the horse was in the in the like the the toy horse was in the actual uh, stage, but that will come down. They've not flogged the horse. They've really butchered it. But they've they've obviously got a commitment where they've got to put it on, they've got to save face, and they've got to pull the production off for the for the whole of the tour. And how can they green? I just light? want to know how it's workshopped and how it's got to this stage where it's been let run. Yeah. Let, I mean, from a from a theatre company production, from, yeah. from a theatre company perspective, they haven't got a lot to transport no it's a group of probably two three people involved in the production a huge stage hands a bit of a soundtrack and some lighting and sound yeah but they can pick it up and move it to the next one and do it but i just think it need the actual script the actual performances need a lot more work because the volumes were not there you no, know there was as a for lot the script like who actually greenlit this exactly the, the budget for this script, and you They've know, got for to me, have read the script I don't to begin want, with. I don't want to discredit actors that have acted in other productions, but they've the problem is if they're tied to this production now, yeah. they haven't got a way out. No, and and they'll be contracted to perform till the end. Yeah, and it's just very sad that 
Don't, but it doesn't don't... give them um, a carte blanche to not give a good no, performance. But still. maybe they've never been picked up on it, like you said about directing. Well, they, if, they, if they, all they're going to get is five and four star reviews, then is it any wonder that they're not going to listen to Exactly, yeah, but, else, but have they, though? Have they aware of that? And that's what I mean. They're only showing the... Because, let's face it, a theatre production, I don't need to share the good reviews, not the bad. But because if, you, if, you've, if you're so early on the tour and you've got to tour it around the country, you're not going to... You're not gonna say it's shit, so don't buy a ticket. They need to listen to upstage, downstage. <laughs> I'll critique them. I don't mind giving my tuppence worth. Do I mean tuppence? Or is that something else? I mean, they can have that as well if they want. I can give two pennies and a tuppence. But here's another one: the perfect post-pandemic production. So we've just come from a pandemic, and the the best production they can think of putting on is a murder mystery where you go the psych, psycho kills someone. You're giving away the plot, Stephen. Did you spot a plot? It's not something I haven't seen before in an episode of Heartbeat. It did feel like Midsummer Murders, to be fair. Worse than that, at least that's cosy. Yeah, that you got a plot and a story. Not a show for the faint-hearted. My Really? And here's another one, four-star review. A wonderfully engaging and immersive horror play, a must-see. No, it was not wonderfully engaging, nor was it immersive horror play, and it certainly isn't a must-see. Who are these people that write this these, these are just like nonsense quotes. They don't mean anything. Not a show for the faint-hearted. No, I think there's just a lot of bad choices all the way along the way. And I think that shows that... I think you, you can try and be like really scary things. You can try and be the lady in black. You can try and be this, that and other. But if you can't... If the production doesn't stand up on its own and... Yeah, if, if you can't execute it well, execute it full stop. <laughs> Let's talk about the writing then. Perhaps we can be less about this then. Hold my coat. I think, what can I say about the writing? It's it's all, I mean, one review I did find oh. um, that was a poor review as well, which actually is quite nice to read because you think, it's not just me that think it's not good. Richard, uh, everybody in that theatre was bored to bits. It was just, but what I mean is I think you'd, not every theatre goer is experienced or attentive mm. like we may be when we watch something. Yeah, they're not so, going to be as uh, harsh or no. honest, shall we say. I'm going to say honest rather than harsh, but... But uh, I yeah. think that from the writing perspective, it was it felt like a GCSE production and that's what it was mentioned and it sort of summed it up. It was yeah. It was like, it would be good if you were, if you were doing it in drama for, for GCSE level, but not to this level. I felt like there was a lot too many pauses. There was too much. They, they probably thought by doing the well. pauses and doing the stops and starts that the drama would build and the, the suspense would build. But actually what happened, it just felt flat because there was no speed of... There was no pace in the production, which then, if you've written something good, you still need pace, even if it's meant to be it's, something all suspenseful. It is, is it's a simple thing called stagecraft. It is. Yeah, you exactly. need to know how to write a stage play. No what works what doesn't it's a bit this, like knowing the, the space that you can use it's a bit like some of the scripts that were a few years ago we we explored some scripts that we were given to do new writing pieces mm. and some of them were written for the tv or for film or shows yeah and, and they just would away. not have worked on stage it just they, some of them would not have translated because there was probably 20 scenes in a 5 minute piece yeah. and that just wouldn't work in the same way on stage as it does on screen. You know, you can't you can't do that. Also, if you're going to be like a clever scriptwriter, or or at least challenge yourself, if you need to get a character from A to B, instead of just 
going through the motions of showing the journey like going on the train and then hopping off how do you in that scene to keep the suspense and to keep the action going how can you convey that you've moved places moved set moved not just like physically but emotionally or you've adapted you know that's all yeah. down to the words you use and how you write it and how you build up that scene from start to finish but, and, it, but it's not writing only that, it's in advancing the, it yeah but a lot of these scenes, they didn't advance the plot. But it was repetitious. Yeah, and it's writing in the misdirects and the the red those, herrings, the and, red herrings yeah. and things. That Especially they, for they, these kind of yeah. In this, yeah, you need those. that. You need you need to you need to unnerve people by just like just dropping little droplets of something, and you, and it makes you question what's going off because you can't actually work it out. And I mm. think that's what there was none of that. Yeah. There was no you, you. Everything became predictable. Yeah. You know, down to some of the entrances and things, you could see the cracks on the doors where you knew something was going to come out of it. And mm. there was a scene where they used a lot of black light to because the the woman's name was on the wall, written in blood, what it was meant to be. Yeah. But because the lighting was not great, you could read it before you saw it. I could read Alice yeah. on the wall yeah. before it actually showed up, and it was like you already know that's going to happen at some point. So it's 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 that it's that sleight of hand magician's trick. That's the difference between film and stage and TV and stage. You can blur the lines in that way, yeah, because you can misdirect. Whereas you've got to work harder on yeah. theatre stage because people can see it physically. And also talk about like, the theatre stage. It's it comes hand in hand with writing the script. So of course if it does. It's, if it's if there's something written in the script, you need to understand that script and abide by it. So in one particular scene, they were saying that uh, the six year old girl um, was it Alice? Yeah. yeah. No. So, no. No. So, no. She was Alice. No, that was so Sally was it? Sally, Sarah, Sarah. Not this six-year-old girl or whatever wouldn't have been able to break the window because she wouldn't have been able to reach. Now we had a chair in the room, we had a cupboard, we had a stepladder. Any child yeah, the, could have called up and stood on there to break the window to get out. But not or, just that, a six-year-old would have been able to reach that window because yeah. it was actually quite low on yeah. the stage, and it was. But to hit the very top window, she could have easily climbed up. Yeah. To hit it. Yeah, exactly. So to say that, oh, a child couldn't have done it. And I thought, well, that's laughable because a child could do it. And let me just talk about one thing before we go anywhere else. Oh, go on then. The fireplace. Oh, for sake. Yeah, go on then. When you see the set that was meant to be kept quiet, but it was unimpressive. Yes, because it it was hidden behind the dust sheets. It was pulled back for some... Such a... For when she moved to this spooky house... The fireplace came out about, I'd say, six foot from the... But but we had a flat wall at the back, then a six foot... That's never six foot. Well, four and a half. Metre out. Sizes. No, it was bigger than that. She stood on it and there's plenty of room. probably about six foot, but... But the actual fireplace came out right out into the stage area. Let me just say one thing. There was no chimney breast, so I don't know where the smoke was going. Because well, they suffocate themselves. Yeah, I think it was just going back in the room. So, you know, but above that was just a bare wall and then it was just a flat platform. So you thought pers- perspective-wise and, and, and set design-wise, it didn't actually feel real. It felt... You know, I've seen better on. I've just, I've just, I think they just got perspective wrong, or because they wanted to do a certain scene on top of the fireplace, the set builders made it massive, but then it looked wrong and it yeah. just felt out of proportion. And then he thought, well, I know there's a fake wall there, and I know that that's going to be a, a trapdoor under there, and then it just. But it's supposed to be a priest hole. Yeah, but um, it was in the wrong place for me. A priest hole could easily have just been at the side of the chimney. 
Yeah, because it's more obvious it's a priest hole if there's no chimney there, no no chimney stack, and it just yeah, it didn't feel like a proper yeah, true there hiding. There wasn't hole. even like a picture or something above it. I mean, for me, it could have been behind the brick wall. Yeah. That would have been that would have been more of a priest hole, but yeah. it just or at the want... side of the chimney at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's just they wanted it up there because of one of the special effects they used, which you know I wouldn't say special. It was it was no better than what you'd see on a ghost train. But you know that's another thing. I have felt more shocked being in the queue at Alton Towers on like Nemesis or Thirteen, yeah, waiting to go in, than I was throughout the whole entire of that production. I was even more when the spooky bits were happening. I was far more scared at the horror maze at Blackpool because they actually committed to making that feel absolutely really scary. This wasn't. No. And it takes a lot to shock me, and this just didn't go there. You see, for me, what had been more scary was queuing for the teacup, Stephen. Forget forget Nemesis. Yeah. All that wavy, circly, swirly thing. That would have been more freaked out by my eyesight going compared to what I've just seen. That would have been more shocking. It would. I'd I'd just, you know what, I'd be more nauseous. Exactly. Now, we've also got trees in the set as well, and none of them, like, moved. No. I would have expected, like, the bit of a branch over the set, if that would have, like, just dropped a bit as if it was come crashing in or something. That would have been like a bit more even um, if, spooky, but they just stood there doing nothing. They might have just not bothered. Even if they them. had a black wire on it and were pulling at it from yeah. the back just a little bit, just when the, when the thunder was happening and the lightning was happening and the rain happened, it, I think this is a point where it's got everything's got to happen, and a lot of it didn't. No, and I know we've just talked about the set again, and we were talking about the writing, but I think we've I think you can guess from our dulcet tones here that we're not overly impressed with the writing or anything so far. So. Do you know what we're here for? We're here for the drama. Let's talk now about the acting. Nikki Davy, I felt, gave an average performance. Yeah. She held it, but I think she might have been probably more used to doing film acting than I think maybe stage work. Yeah, I, and I, I think... I don't get the impression that she'd done a great lot of... Well, I mean, looking at their, you know, looking at what what they've actually done in the past, they've not actually done a lot of theatre across the country. They've not, they've done short film work, they've done some ensemble work and this, that and the other, which, you know, this is a chance for them to shine, but... The problem is with that, if they've not worked with a lot of directors or they've not worked with the other performers who who show them how to do a production, because mm. I think this is a because there's a lot on. It's a two basically. It's a two-handed piece of yeah. theatre, and you've got to be really good to captivate an audience. You know, I've seen quite a few things with one-handers, two-handers, like we saw Harpy, like yeah. we've seen. I've seen Tell Me on a Sunday, which is a completely acted by one person throughout. Ladies of Letters. Ladies of Letters. Another example. You know, there's there's things, there's productions out there where I've seen Ian McKellen captivate a room in Sheffield Crucible and he got a standing ovation for just captivating that room and that's somebody that you've got to understand how to grab an audience and if you overact or don't become relatable to that audience you switch off and I think that's what happened with this Mm. you'd almost give up the minute they started 
And I think that and it's not. I just think it's experience as actors that they need more because if they've got a bad director or somebody that directs them, hoping they'll do that for them, that director ain't gonna direct them out of this play. No, but what I mean is if they're yeah. not, if they've not had the experience over other directors or other things or other productions, yeah, they need where to they... know how to bring the yeah. characters from the page, yeah. and not rely on just movement by the director. No, and it's not always about volume, even though volume wasn't great. It's not it always issue, about. Yeah. It wasn't always about. It, but you can come across as almost condescending to an audience, and I think you're not grabbed. You don't. But you're not drawn in. You know, I've you know I've seen productions in small little venues where it's just one person on stage, and you you that hour you've lost, and you've just loved every minute of it. It's stage presence and having that gravitas on stage, and I don't whether they could have it. I don't know, but this just felt like at the very beginning of their careers. Yeah, fine. Everyone's got to start somewhere. I get that, but if. They've been to theatre school and stuff. They should know, really, to avoid hands-in-pockets acting yeah. and just well, be a bit more energised like a... because it just a lot of it was flat. It's like I said last night, there was a lot of park and bark acting where they walk mm. to one place and stand there and then they do that and then they move to another place and just stand there and then spout. And it's like, come on. They, they just, I think... I think you didn't you didn't feel a connection between the two half the time. No, that's I think it. that was the key thing. It felt had they worked together much, or had they worked together much on this? Did they understand the text properly and in depth? Not just know your lines or know the story, but what are your characters' motivations? Yeah. What do they feel? What do they want? What brings them joy? What scares them? And... Because yes, they weren't in a relationship. Yes, they weren't a couple throughout the production. But they never, there was never any emotion. No, you didn't feel that there was any. At the even, end of the even day, if they didn't like each other or exactly. whatever, there was no emotions no. to tear them apart or bring them together anyway. There was not enough light and shade for you to to follow them on their journey. This is the only time I'm going to use that word <laughs> because it was a very weak journey. Yeah, it it was. I feel sorry that I have to actually give a bad review and actually give my honest opinion because not like they'll probably listen to this anyway who am i however if people are gonna f- f- uh, tell you what you want to hear how are you ever going to progress and learn and know things if you don't take on the chin things that you don't want to hear but might benefit you more i've had to in life yeah exactly i the amount of rejects and saying how crap i am uh, all this other stuff it's you know it pushes you to to know what you're talking about exactly and to do better and I think also we were built up so much before this production of how good it is, how this and how that. And then even the announcements at the start, of, it's like preparing you for something that you're going to go out almost white after you've seen mm. it. And and you're just going to be really shocked and not know what to talk about. And it just didn't give you that. And mm. But you were built up so much. And I think that was a failing by them to build you up to that level. Yeah. Because all you were did all you did was under we were underwhelmed. Because Maybe you the... were you were fueled by, oh, it's gonna be really good, it's gonna yeah. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna be shocked and I'm gonna be screaming when I walk out, not gonna be able to drive home properly because you know, there was no everything was just cliche. Yeah overestimated their abilities but i think maybe it was also the actors maybe that weren't supported a great deal in terms of how other production companies exactly. handle their actors and that's where i'm going with it. it's like there was because at the end of the day they know how to perform they've got the confidence they they can stand on the set they don't bump into the furniture and stuff no. they can remember their lines and then they can deliver them so they're pretty much 90 percent there as an actor yeah exactly it's just going 
that extra step uh, forward the... to bring in what's on the page to reality. It's a stage, yeah. And I think also were they surrounded by people that told them it was brilliant mm. all the time and said it was amazing and they didn't need to change anything and this, that, and the other. Did they actually get any test audiences in? Because when you're doing a tour production, yeah. you want it to be right. And I certainly would make sure if it was something like that and that big, mm. I'd have some... Like I'd, I'd make sure that it would work before committing to advertising it across the country because all you're doing is giving a bad name to the company afterwards because people won't go back if they see a production with that name. Yeah, You're very reluctant to see something else that they've done because you're thinking, I've seen far better amateur performances than I've seen with this, you know? See, if, if I had their budget and stuff, I would have done what I'd do normally, like... Um, put a play on to like a local audience yeah, get their reactions exactly and and work out tweak the script yeah which i have done tweak on the many occasions yeah just just add bits take things away where did it work where did it fall flat because sometimes you can be in your head as a writer and you yeah. you're not quite sure if it'll work if it won't have a exactly. miss uh, a storyline or is there something like foreshadowing should i put that in or, or whatever you're doing and i think had it have just been put to an audience and got a proper feedback and actually one of them to sit and watch it as a critical thinker, am I bored or am I just excited because it's my work exactly. on there? Exactly. I feel like it was researched and written in isolation from theatre productions. Yeah. I feel like, because technically, it's got the makings of what could be something scary if they'd have spent time watching other productions. Yeah. Re- re- like, but not, not copying, but taking reference from how an audience reacts or how an audience this, that, and other, because they only have to watch something like Darren Brown yeah. and the way he can control an entire audience. That's, again, it's one-man yeah. performance. It's not. It's, it's all done with trickery and mind-bending mind, mind bending things, but it's all old Victorian mind games that they mm. play with an audience. There was not, I felt like we were going to expect something in those lines and we it just felt linear and flat compared to something that you'd leave almost you know i mean let's face it darren brown did one performance where he'd let made everybody forgot what they'd seen yeah when they walked out of the room to to go to, that's the level you were expecting because they built you up to like you're not going to mm. want to, you didn't I've just... not forgot how bad this was however what i would say is you you don't just necessarily have to take from your um subject matter no, that you're writing exactly. you could watch a musical exactly you could see because they're all more time to beats exactly. on off quick yeah. changes you yeah. can adapt those little things how do can. they wheel that on how do they get yeah. off how can they change within the yeah. scene you apply those and all yeah, that stagecraft exactly. to what you want to achieve on set and, and i felt like they did it away a... from all that mm. it's like they'd it felt like the production was set on there was something that was done on a in a small community theatre or community room that was like oh we can just expand it to a bigger theatre but it doesn't work you mm. know because that back rows right up at the top hidden out of the way I'd be very interested to know what people on the balcony thought because oh they're still there oh oh we don't know they've probably they've probably like imagine you know, if they all decided to just die and just collapsed just onto the the stalls I just just given up I'd given up. Yeah, but you stayed for the second. Well, we yeah, both but did. I've I've seen a lot of productions where I've stayed till the end, and other ones I wish I had left. Mm. But anyway, we were talking about the actors. Yeah, I I wish them nothing but the best, and I hope they have more experience and and they they, they keep going. Because I think they use this as a like reflective tool that mm. makes sure this the production's right before you put your name to it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought um, Saul Batch. Yeah. He was nice. <laughs> you got to have a pretty face on stage. <laughs> now for our next segment. What the tech is this? 
Go on then, Richard. Floor me with your uh, knowledge. <laughs> and that's it. Well, all I can say is, as I said earlier, when we were told that this spine-chilling special effects and things we can't talk about, there's not much to say because I don't think I've seen any special effects or anything that particularly wowed me. And a lot of the recordings were very questionable. I don't know what they recorded them on. sounded like an iPhone. (laughs) And I do feel that it felt, yet again, a very GCSE lighting and sound design production where they'd got a kid in to do the lighting and sound without any experience. Oh, you're really going there. And it was like the scene where where he got possessed. Oh, let's oh. flash a red light on him to make him look like he's going to go to be the devil. And it was like... I it, and like I was thinking it was like the, the spooky Mormon hell dream. It was just too much, too predictable. You could see the things on stage that were going to move or you could tell that things were going to happen and it, it, it just didn't feel like i mean there was a scene because this is one of my bugbears this was one special effect that i will talk about because everybody knows what a low fog smoke machine does it just trickles fog and smoke all across the stage yeah but we had a scene where it was set in the wood and all the smoke came flooding out of the um chim out of the the fireplace across the front of set and it was in the in the woods so we were trying to show that we were searching through the wood to try and find something in the hole in the stage whilst in the so house in the, whilst in the house which was surreal but then we went up in front of stage where there was smoke still trailing everywhere because we were in the woods and then we climbed back into the house and there was still smoke everywhere because it hadn't dissipated there was no extraction fans to pull it away to get it off stage so you were left with a house full of smoke, but the fire wasn't on. Maybe she uh, was cooking a bacon sandwich. She could have been, but I couldn't see a pig. But I, I just, I just <laughs> felt like, I just Wait, felt when like. When you have a bacon sandwich, do you have like a pig running around your kitchen? Always. So that's what that noise was at the back of the stage. That was me trying to cook dinner because I was bored. I just, I felt like every moment, and I mean, one thing we've not talked about in directing was there was a couple of bits where there was a bit, a few physical moments where there was some pushes or there was a bit where somebody got strangled and this, that and the other, and everything just felt... It just, it just, there was nothing real about it. And, And I think... The lighting, the sound. I mean, the thunder and lightning didn't sound loud enough. It should have been... Be- we had the- thunder and lightning? Yeah, there was. There oh. was some rain at one point as was well. There? And there was, yeah, but the problem was we used... I For me, to make it more spine-chilling, to make it more real, they should have hidden speakers behind the set rather than just the two that were facing the audience because there was moments where the sounds didn't come from where you'd expect them to come from to create a bigger stage than there was. You know, if you'd have hidden things at the back of the stage, just have that sound coming from somewhere else or worked on the positioning of sound, because, you know, I can do it, I've done it. Mm. And, and and those things matter when it's... It just makes that one little world so much more expanded. And I think that was the key thing Talking about keys, that door that didn't have a lock on it, it was just a gate latch. Yeah. And why yeah. did they have um, step ladders? Was that just so the silhouette was there and it was a bit this, spooky? That, oh, it was the only at the opening where they had the, the Hessian over to look like a person, yeah. and that's all it was. And then it was the step ladder was there all the time. It's just somebody had an idea. The, the chair to stand up on the fireplace. Otherwise, it was like what was a bit of a pointless uh, thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I just felt like a lot of it was done because they'd seen or had an idea of how you create that feeling. You know, it's like Phantom of the Opera where the Phantom's talking around the audience yeah. and and talking from behind and they hide like his like they only use those speakers for him talking it's it, they were trying to emulate those things but yeah. they really didn't pull it off in the right way it... see for me i thought um the surround sound i felt did work just because i probably heard it i could hear it moving around because you couldn't set. hear that what they were saying it was the only thing that was worth listening but I, to yeah well I, th- I thought it was probably the stronger section about the play was the actual sound effects and the, the background music. But again... If the background you, if, music was wrong, even though they meant... I don't know why, what it... I think the problem was with the background music. The, 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 they used music to do the scene changes. They should have played... But the, the scene changes didn't scene seem scene. big enough. <laughs> but that, I mean, for me, they used that sound as a, as a screen wipe almost. It was yeah. like a big surge of noise, a musical interlude or whatever, to then move to the next scene. But the next scene didn't feel like we were going anywhere. Then that's where the journey came to an end for me. You know, journey didn't really go. No, it tried to get on the underground, but then it didn't go mm. any further than that. But yeah, I wasn't bold ever. I think, I think for me, spe- I think it was like that underground scene where you talked about like they were she was sat on a chair going on the underground and on a train. They didn't position the sound on stage in that corner, which would have then created that scene having a position. It mm. was just general cover. The whole well, she, audio. They could have done like a tube lights or yeah, something. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't. Well, it, I mean, all I can say is if anybody's seen um, a curious incident of log in the night time, they have a whole scene in the underground and it's done with two lights and about four or five people mm. and it's two rows of lights very like what we saw in brief encounter yeah. where you don't need all the other stuff you mm. but you create the feeling that they're on the underground and yeah. and it, it just and that's where i come from those moments where that's why sound effects don't always work or i just think the whole thing was a little bit i don't know they they, they had a try but i can't say it yeah, was a good try yeah i think try. i've heard more sound effects at a soft serving till at tesco's that were more yeah i think you know I, I i find would you like to come down here please more more exciting than mm. you know if not scary yeah call this a show richard in our review which part would you like to go back to? I'd like to go back to taking my shoes off before I left the house and and losing the key so I couldn't actually get out of the house oh. before I picked you up. For me, I'd like to go back about a week and not click confirm for buying the tickets. Wow. Yep, I wanted my Saturday back. Well, I'm afraid that's not going to happen. No, but we've got a good podcast out of it. Yeah, I so think we have. There are silver linings in all of this. And we say this in humility and love. So, Richard, scores for The Wicked Lady, please. With 10 being a spine chilling theatrical experience and one being a spine numbing tedious nightmare, what are you going to give it? Well, this is going to be a first. It's my first zero out oh, of 10. Oh, no, 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 no. You nicked that from me. Go on then. So, Stephen, what's your scores for this production? Now, Richard, I am glad you asked me this. A big fat zero. <laughs> really? Really? Wow. Can you match it? How good is that? <laughs> so, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? 
an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? It can only be the one and only, I'm pressing that button, it's a train wreck. I, I want us to have a new sound effect. Really? Yes. Is it just for this production? Just for this production or any production that ends up like this. Saving it for a special occasion. Yes. The dead heartbeat. Wow. You mean you flatlined? I flatlined. Wow. Absolutely. I sat through the second act of Red Ellen. <laughs> yeah, you did well with that one. And that was a long and show. And you didn't want to leave that time. No, I thought it would get better. How wrong was I? And this one, I knew it wouldn't get better. How right was I? And you were made to sit through it. I was bloody made. Yes, it was my fault. And I was glad I left. So there we are. That's our discussion of The Wicked Lady. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing Mousetrap, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and Dreamgirls. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.